Amen. Take a seat, loved ones. I'm going to do a short, short little beautiful little prayer. Um, Father, teach us what we know not. Give us what we have not. And make us who we are not. For Jesus' sake. Amen. If I, was, if I was him, I probably wouldn't be able to look myself in the mirror. Um, it was a unanimous vote, but this man's observation changed his whole town. The ecosystem t- seemed to shut down, the, the nature, the e- economics, the tourists left, and this beautiful little stream that was the pinnacle of this town running through it was the reason why these people came to this town was yellow, murky, it was not flourishing and beautiful and and clear and pure anymore. This one man's observation ruined the town. And I don't know if I would be able to walk outside. And I just want to open this sermon up with a little bit of a story about a spring keeper. And this man was a beautiful little piece of why this whole town, this whole people group flourished. And I just want to read it to you guys really quick. And it's called The Keeper of the Spring. A quiet forest dweller who lived high above an Austrian village along the eastern slopes of the Alps. An old gentleman had been... Old gentleman? I feel like this is what I would do when I'm old. Some of you guys may think I'm old already, but whatever. Okay. An old gentleman had been hired many years earlier by a young town council to clear away the debris from the pools of water that fed the lovely spring flowing through their own town. With faithful, silent regularity, he patrolled the hills, removed the leaves and branches, and wiped away the silt from the flesh, fresh flow of water. By and by, the village became popular and it's an attraction for vacationers. Graceful swans floated along the crystal clear spring. Farmlands were naturally irrigated, and the view from the restaurants was picturesque. Years passed. One evening, the town council met for its annual meeting. As they reviewed the budget, one man's eye caught the salary figure being paid to the obscure keeper of the spring. Said the keeper of the purse, who is this old man, and why do we keep him on year after year for all we know he is doing us no good he isn't necessary any longer by unanimous vote they dispensed with the old man's services for several weeks nothing changed by early autumn the trees began to shed their leaves small branches snapped off and fell into the pools hindering the rushing flow of water and one afternoon someone noticed a slight yellowish brown tint in the spring And a couple days later, the water was much darker. Within another week, a slimy film covered sections of the water along the banks and a foul odor was detected. The mill wheels moved slower, some finally ground to a halt. Swans left, as so did the tourists. Clammy fingers of disease and sickness reached deeply into the village. And embarrassed, the council called a special meeting, realizing their gross error in judgment They hired back the old keeper of the spring, and with a few weeks, the river began to clear up. And I know for me, when I hear this story, 
It's an allegorical story, a simile kind of coming alongside of our soul. And we need to come in together as co-heirs of Christ, co-workers with Christ, walking with Jesus and saying, you know what, Jesus, I know you are the keeper of my soul, but I'm also going to come along with you and do some work with you. I'm not going to stay stagnant. I'm not going to stay still. I'm not going to not take steps. I'm not going to take advantage of mentors or therapy or doing stuff to really clear out the spring, a.k.a. the soul. So as we continue on this sermon, just think of this spring as you are. (laughs) You are the old man. You are the spring keeper of your soul. You are the person that needs to constantly and continually take steps, clearing branches, clearing leaves, clearing the mud, making sure our spring and our soul is flowing so God can be brightly illuminated through us, walking with us. And I know for me, this, the stuff that like, if you guys have been following my teaching at all, it's always the stuff that it's, I'm teaching to myself. Like the only reason I ever get up here and preach something is because it, it sparked my interest. I'm like, and I look myself in the mirror and I'm like, yeah, I think I need to do a lot more work. And I, for me lately, I know we can go into all different kinds of things that you think that you should clear out, like spring cleaning, right? Uh, materialistically, like we throw things away or do stuff and we clean our cars and we clean our closets. We throw away things that we haven't um, used in a while. And we're going to go over that in a little bit, but I'm talking about our soul and our sin and stuff that we need to like remove so we can have a clear spring. And for me lately, it's been anger. It's been a lot of anger. Um, and I can't, you know, I'm, I'm trying to do some work and I try to do my best to do everything I can. Breath work, you know. Anybody else take cold showers? Anybody else? Yeah, cold shower. I'm doing my best to like try to figure out everything so I can, maybe, I have maybe too long of a list to try to put my, my body at peace, put my mind at peace and get right with the Lord and sit with the Lord. But for me, it's been anger lately. Um, little things, I, was, I would like get so quickly irritated, I would punch things, not people, but like just little bouts. Like I, if you knew anything about my story, I grew up very violent. I grew up as a child, I would punch holes in walls, I would punch people, I almost killed two people with my hands. I was very violent, especially when I drank alcohol back in college and when I was an alcoholic. Um, I'm six years sober now, thank the Lord. but. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Um, and so I've always had this little, for some reason, I've never allowed myself as a Christian to be angry. Because before Jesus, I was so angry at the world, at people, at things. And I would just punch, I would throw, I would like just yell, I would cuss. And then when I met Jesus, all of a sudden I'm like, okay, I got to get away from that. And then throughout the couple years of introspective diving in, realizing anger is not necessarily a negative emotion. It's not a negative emotion. It's just being human. It's just the closest emotion you can be to sin. Like you can like really just like anger, you're angry and then you can accidentally punch someone. Just don't do that. But regardless, it's been anger for me lately. Um, It's been lust. It's been 
um, little things that I know we're all trying to work the cobwebs out or trying to clear of or trying to be pure and try to be more like Jesus. And I know that I cannot be alone in the things that we're just trying to clear things up. We're trying to do our best. Like, why do we keep doing the same things? Why do we keep falling into the same sins? Why do we keep doing snapping off at people or uh, road rage? Or why do we keep doing these things that dwell up in us over and over and over again? And I know we live in a culture right now. It's the reason why I want to talk about um, refreshing our souls and refreshing our springs is because we have no idea what's going on in the world. Um, we're kind of, most of us are in, on edge. Most of us are rushing around. Most of us are falling into captivity of uh, performance-based, guilt-based, shame-based, performance and achievement, striving, going towards the speed of the world instead of going alongside the speed on which we were called to be like Jesus. Slow, walking slow, breathing slow, and just being one with Jesus and not trying to be one with the world. And... I just simply, you know, I always say simply, and yet I'm, I probably give the most convicting messages even to myself. It's not simple, but I'm trying to make messages simple about how we, you know, our mission statement here as a church, and most of you guys know it, that we're going to do this together. We're walking through this together. Um, just because I have a mic smacked on my face every now and then does not mean that I'm not dealing with the same little things that you are. I'm, I'm, I'm just getting, I'm just going to get judged more by God and by people. But may I always remind you that if this is not your home church, please pray for your pastors. I'm probably going to say that every time I talk, but, um, and try not to judge them because they literally have the same problems that you guys have. We're just going to be judged by God more. So, um, we're going to read a Psalm together. We're going to read Psalm 51. Um, and if you pull out your phones or pull out your Bibles or whatever, I don't care. We're going to read this together. Psalm 51 in your Old Testament. It is my favorite book of the Bible. And as we flip there, and while you guys find Psalm 51 to read alongside me, um, table of contents will be your best friend if you can't find it. But Psalm 51. But let me pray for Scripture really quick. Um, Heavenly Father, the scripture that we're opening, the Bibles that we're opening, the apps that we're opening, may you teach us something through this psalm, and may this one verse that I'm going to talk about tonight just change our life, change our week, change our world, change our perspective, and shift something in our hearts and our lives to where we can actually make a step to become more like you, Jesus. And it's in your name we pray, amen. Um, so David, long story short, um, he raped someone who was married, got her pregnant, killed the husband, and killed the baby. So that's a very long story short on who David is. And this is the psalm that he wrote after he was approached by someone and saying, hey, David, you screwed up. And this is his psalm to the Lord after he got called out for doing such heroic, crazy, crazy, crazy acts. Psalm 51, it says this. 
Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love. According to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions, wash away all my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions, and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only have I sinned, and have and done what is evil in your sight. So you are right in your verdict and justified when you judged. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Verse 6. Yet you desired faithfulness even in the womb. You taught me wisdom in that secret place. Cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I'll be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let, my, let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all of my iniquity. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Then I'll teach transgressors, transgressors your ways so that sinners will turn back to you Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God. You who are God, my Savior, and my tongue will sing of your righteousness. Open my lips, Lord, and my mouth will declare your praise. You do not, you do not delight in sacrifice, or I would bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart you, God, will not despise. May it please you to prosper Zion, to build up the walls of Jerusalem. Then you will delight in the sacrifices of the righteous. In burnt offerings, offered whole, then bulls will be offered on your altar. Thank you, God, for your word. And it's just verse 10, you guys. Verse 10 is what we're going to focus on. Keeping that spring, keeping our soul, keeping everything aligned in our minds. Verse 10, it says, um, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Again, may this be our prayer and our cry of our souls. Create in me a clean heart. Create in me a clean heart. Because I know more than most, and I'm often conflicted with it, is when you sin and you do things wrong or you do things that you know are, are against God's word or your will for your life. Maybe I'm just really hard on myself, but I have such a hard time clearing my conscience about it unless I go to the Lord and say, have mercy on me, O God. Your mercies are new every single morning. Please refresh my soul, right? And so I just want to go over three questions today about refreshing our soul, keeping our spring clean, our soul cleansed, and our conscience clear when we um, fall short, which I always do. Um, and the first question, now these are the questions that, you know, in later we're gonna have um, 10 minutes of time alone, so you can actually right now here answer these questions a little bit later. It's something that we do here as a church. Um, if it's your first time, you're gonna, we're just gonna do 10 minutes of reflective stuff where you can actually take time right now for the Lord and answer these questions but we're not there yet. Um, so what I advise you guys is to write these questions down because these are the questions you're gonna be. So I don't care if you pull out your notes on your phone or you just write these questions down or just keep them in your heart. 
Um, I know some of you guys are really smart and you can probably keep track of these questions, but um, I got three questions. And the first one about spring cleaning, think of like, you know, you're almost clearing out your garage or your closet or your car, but with your soul. So the first question is what needs to go? The question is what needs to go? Um, think of a tucked away box, of course, and that's what our sins can be like. That's what our sins can be like. We harbor all this guilt and shame over past mistakes. Anybody else? Shame and guilt over past mistakes. Anybody else? <laughs> Kylie, raise your hand. <laughs> Amen, pastor. Um, but this, this harboring, this holding on to, like I am so incredibly hard on myself. I come from a performance, college football, sports, weightlifting, all this stuff world where performance matters. And when I fall short, especially in that arena, I am so hard on myself. Like I can't even enjoy sports if we lose, even if it's with just friends, you know, it's something I'm working on, you know, like it's like, you know, like in sports, like kill or be killed, you know, like Thomas, I love you, but I'm gonna spec the ball in your face if you're on, not on my team in volleyball. Like I just, I, but it carries over into me. It's the hardest part of my life is where if I fall in, you know, sin or fall short, um, I harbor all this guilt and shame and I just like hang my head low and I feel and see my confidence from my eyes be like it leaks all over the place. I'm like, oh, and I just, we have to like, we have to be good at not hiding them away, especially from the, the Lord. Like we hide all these, this stuff or all these clothes that we haven't used. We also hide sins and past guilt and shames or mistakes that we've had and reality check. We all make mistakes. We all say things we don't want to say. We all watch things we don't need to be watching. We all send things that we don't need to be sending. We all do these things in our lives at work or in our family or in our minds that we shouldn't be doing it. But it's time to bring, those, bring that stuff to the light because I, I just want your conscience clear. Doesn't mean you have to go tell everybody. You don't even have to tell anyone. Just go to the Lord like in Psalm 51, like, hey, please have mercy on me, Lord. Please have mercy. Because in 1 John uh, chapter 1, it says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and, cl and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He cleanses us. So God is ready to give you a fresh start. I cannot be more grateful that his mercies are new every single morning. Every single morning, fresh start. Do you have the heart posture to lean into that? Do we? Or do we just hold on to guilt? And I think the more often we tell you, you tell your testimony and over and over and over again, because some of us, our testimonies are kind of riddled with like, oh, dang, I really wish I never did that stuff. Or my testimony is so like, so checkered and oh, so much, you know, for, for mine, I'm like, oh. But what I've often learned is the more people that keep their testimony to themselves is that the, the forgiveness that Christ offers is not yet accepted. And the more people who tell their story and testimonies over and over and over again, all the time for Jesus, for the kingdom, tell a testimony, testify in God's goodness, look what he did in my life, are the people who accept that his mercies are new every morning. And his grace is unbelievably relentless. 
and we can restart every single morning. So may that be kind of convicting to those of you guys that have yet to tell anybody your testimony or your story of what God did in your life in whatever capacity that means. So the first question is, what needs to go? What needs to go? Some of, some of us have some really applicable, like, like materialistic things or things in our lives that we keep making these decisions and you're like, yeah, I can make some steps to get rid of that. What needs to go? Second question, what can you give away? What can you give away? It can be daunting, but also gratifying to get rid of your possessions materialistically, right? And some of you guys have really generous hearts. Speaking of, the only reason we had things on the thing, you know, the, the lyrics and the logo, like oh, the things on the wall, first time ever was because of Brian's generosity of letting Ooh. us, yeah, use, um, use the projector. And this is our, what, our fourth, fifth service in this building that we have for a year now. Um, so we're figuring it out. But generosity, materialistically, beautiful. Thank you, Brian. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, my God. Mm. Um, but we know how good it feels to give away. We know that if we don't have attachments to something, we can give it away. So what part of your faith, what part of your faith life can you give to others? Matthew 5, 14 through 16, it says, Jesus is talking. Hear Hear Jesus' words right now, loved ones. Please hear them. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Amen. You are the light of the world. Wherever you go, you bring something so tangible as the hope of Jesus that can not only inwardly change your life, but outwardly make you act in such a way where you're going to change others' lives. What part of your faith can you give away? And as followers of Jesus, I know I talked about the stories and testimonies and stuff. That's such an easy way to give away your faith. Okay, the more time you hang out with the Lord, the more energy, the more filling up of your soul that you're going to be able to give to people. Your time, your money, your resources, the stuff that you can offer to others in your workspace. Raise your hand if you work somewhere there's unbelievers. Unbelievers at your workspace. Okay, um, family. Um, what else? Uh, Carlsbad. Uh, you know, okay. So as followers of Jesus, we aren't supposed to keep him all to ourselves. He commands us to share his good news to others. Go baptize and teach the great commission of our souls. And just think of someone you can talk to about Jesus. Think about it. You know, I know it's super, super hard. That is exactly why I'm so passionate. I learned this from another church. I worked for Life Church in Oklahoma, um, and they had these cards whereas this kind of like icebreakers you know this is not a plug but of course it's a plug because it's evangelism right um i can't begin to tell you even though somewhat i don't really necessarily i've been doing it for years i don't really have a hard time approaching people about jesus but my goodness this right here gives me such a like hey you know i'm gonna um 
I'm gonna impersonate some of you guys. Um, hey, uh, I just wanna invite you to my church. <laughs> and, then, and peace out. You, by that little act, by that little act, you are sharing your faith with others. And then when they, you know, so many cool conversations have happened just because of this little invite card. So I know some of you guys um, probably sat on them and they're going to be attached to your butt now. But um, these are for you to give away and for you to, <laughs> that's you. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> don't, don't look now. You know, you're going to make everyone, you're even like in the camera. It'd be super weird. Um, love you, bro. Um, so these are, these are a perfect way um, to work on your evangelism, to share your faith. Um, ask a friend to be your prayer partner. Okay. Um, keep your eyes open for opportunities as a mentor or, you know, read the Bible to someone who's unable to. Again, asking that question, what can you give away? What part of your faith can you give away? You know, do not keep Jesus to yourself. So number, the first question was what needs to go? Number two, what can you give away? And number three, what needs some love? What needs some love? What areas of your life? What areas of your life do you simply need to hear the gentle whisper of the Lord to say, hey, I'm proud of you in that area? What needs some love? You don't need to let go of everything. Part of me as a Christian man, as a pastor, and I'm still, I think I'm going to spend a lifetime um, trying to work this out for my own self. But when the Bible or the Christianese or the Christian vocabulary says, hey, you just need to let it go. You just need to surrender it to God. And I'm going to scream back, how? How do I take my testimony, all this stuff, how do I let go of it? How do I surrender it? Oh, just lay it out of the foot of the cross. I found Jesus later in life when I was 26, but it sounds like I need to like feel, I need to like, do I need to th throw up to leave it there? What do I need to do, right? And it's always been such a little, hard little fence to hop over. It's like, okay, how do I surrender to God? How do I surrender myself? You know, someone's like, well, just lay in a tube down the river and just let the Lord take you wherever you want, you know? How do you... But like how, right? How do I surrender? How do I give? I've prayed it a million times and yet it's still with me. I can't seem to forget it. God says in scripture, it says God forgives, God forgets. But it seems like over and over and over again that I never can forget. I can never let go. It's a perfect example of how I need to receive the love in that area and then I need to give it away and talk about it. That's the only thing I've ever come to conclusion about how letting go of something is either letting it go and talking to them about in prayer or to someone. A therapist, I th my poor therapist, my poor, he's just, pray for my therapist. Um, but the people that you unload to, does anyone else feel great after they unload something to someone without any judgment? <laughs> Me, right? Um, we're gonna talk about empathy another time. But what needs some love? What areas in your life need some love? Because there's no shortcut to a relationship with Jesus. There's no avoiding areas that we need love. Is it your past? 
Is it your childhood trauma? Is it your inner child? Is it your mental health? Is it your addictions? What areas do you need love in so that you can unload, you can give it away, you can surrender it, whatever. And I have a feeling it's surrender and letting it go is different for everybody. For me, it's talking about it. It's writing letters to God, something, letting it go tangibly, like I'm going to put this in my hand and then let it go. Whatever works for you, okay? I just know that there's areas in all of our lives that we need some more love and we need to receive the love of God in those areas. Amen? So wherever you begin, remember you're not spring cleaning alone. You're not trying to refresh your soul alone. You're not trying to get rid of the twigs and the leaves and the cobwebs and all this stuff from your soul, from your spring. You're not doing it alone. And I pray that you find people that you can, be, you can confide in, you can do life with, that you're like, you know, I've really failed in this area. I need some prayer. And may we be people to not shoot back Bible verses, but may we be people to bestow empathy on people because you know the more you go into your secret place in prayer and introspective look upon your life, you know how screwed up you are. So how dare you shoot verses and lack empathy towards someone who's just unloading. And I promise the questions like, hey, what's your advice will come. And if they don't ask for advice, don't give it. Don't give a Bible verse or I'll throw my Bible at you. Triggering. I'm working on the anger. See, I was, I was, I was that close. I was that close. So number one, um, uh, regarding spring cleaning and that, you know, regarding that verse 10, create in me a pure heart or a clean heart. Oh God, and renew a right spirit with me. So number one, what needs to go? So that's the first question you should have written down. Number two, what can you give away? That's the second question. And number three, what needs some love? What area needs some love? What area needs some love? And so for this next 10 minutes, loved ones, um, you're going to sit there and you're going to pray. You're going to write it on your phone. You're going to sit with the Lord. You can even go out and walk, but this is like, not like intermission time. It's not like some of you guys need to use the restroom. I understand that, but it's not like we don't have any popcorn. Maybe we should get popcorn. No, it's the time with you and the Lord, okay? Take 10 minutes, and I've added a fourth question, okay? How do you rest? Okay, so number one, what needs to go? Number two, what can you give away? Number three, what needs some love? And number four, how do you rest? And I'm going to leave that open. I'm going to talk about that fourth question after our 10 minutes. Does everybody have all four questions? We're good? Oh, we have a projector now. I could probably put it up there next time. Yay. Okay. 10 minutes, loved ones, please. Um, I know it's different. It's probably something that not every church does or any church at all ever does, but we're actually going to take time right now with the Lord for 10 minutes, and you're going to answer those questions individually. Amen. Love you guys. Be back. I'll be back. Don't miss me.
time with
Amen, amen, amen. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about um, that fourth question, um, how do you rest? And I hope that uh, you guys kind of know how. And if you don't know how you individually rest, um, for example, uh, you guys just sat for 10 minutes. And if you don't do that throughout the week, um, I just encourage you to do that because that is a form of rest within the Lord. It's a go on walks or whatever rest looks like for you. Um, I pray that you find that because finding rest physically, mentally, and spiritually from things, I know I can, it's a whole sermon. Rest is a whole sermon, but you can figure out what needs to go, what you can give away, and what needs love when you rest in the Lord. Um, So my encouragement, your spiritual practice for the week is taking time, taking those 10 minutes, maybe every day. Um, And I know for me, I need at least an hour before I even uh, say anything to anyone sometimes, but taking time and rest to clean out. Um, And as you ask these questions, just like that spring cleaner, um, just, I hope you guys all walk out of here, like, and you say to your friends and family, like, I'm an old man. I'm gonna clean out the spring. I'm gonna keep the spring clean. I'm gonna clear out the cobwebs and the stuff that you know. You know, oftentimes I counsel people one-on-one and oftentimes I ask a question like, what is something that you're struggling with that only you know about it? And sit with the Lord with, the, with that stuff, with those deep questions like, what am I struggling with that I, I'm the only person who knows? And you, hopefully you can find rest with that. And you can just really ask the Lord, like in Psalm you know, 51, but also in Psalm 139. Um, I'm going to invite the, my peeps back up here, you know what I'm saying? Okay. Um, just in Psalm 139 is, search me, Lord, test me, and lead me. It's at the end of Psalm 139. Is search me, test me, and lead me. And I pray that... Uh, I pray that your hair doesn't go gray like mine, okay? You're not an old man, and I think you can fight me afterwards because, you know, whatever. I love you guys. Um, Let me pray us out. A couple more worship songs. Um, Heavenly Father, gracious Jesus and Holy Spirit, you know the things that we need to get rid of and that we need more love Father, cleanse us, create a pure heart in us, renew our minds, and may we rest in you that you are, you are the only reason that we can have a clear conscience. In Jesus' name, amen.